Hello and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast for all your Black Mirror needs. My name's Sachandrika and I'll be your host. And today we'll be talking about the season three episode, Men Against Fire. I've got a guest returning to the podcast to talk about it with me. His name is... James Ide. Uh, I am a picture researcher and games writer for The Mirror. And do you have any implants in your eyes right now? Oh, well, I couldn't tell you that. Oh, okay. Unfortunately... Secret uh... keeper as well. <laughs> so, what, uh, what struck you most about Men Against fire where should we begin this is a i really like this episode um weirdly enough i was quite surprised to discover it was uh among some of the uh some of our colleagues not one of the most popular ones uh which i thought was weird maybe they thought it was a bit too on the nose maybe because of the gung-ho americanisms in it but i thought that made it awesome um the things i thought were really interesting about it is it's in my head it's kind of about uh, nazism and dehumanization and eugenics, which is like a whole thing uh, and is fascinating and especially interesting in the current political climate. To who might you be referring? Uh, mainly racists. Lovely old fuzzy racists. Yes, Nazis have come back. Yeah, which is, it's very interesting as well because sometimes you just want to scream at them. So there's a lead up to how this technology is implemented, um, the mass system. Yeah. So you've seen similar ones, like kind of something in the eyes. It's very similar to the Archangel episode yep. because whoever's in charge of the mass or whoever's implanted it can manipulate what they see. Yes. And we've seen similar things in White Christmas. Yep. We can block people. Mm-hmm. And then we've just been talking about the entire history of you, in fact. Yep. But no one else can change what you see in the entire history of you. That's more a recording. No, device. yeah, it's, nothing's manipulated. Everything's recorded. Whereas in this, recording is a thing. They, they do talk about it later on. Um, whereas it's more about the manipulation and, again, the eugenics thing and who decides what is desirable. And, you know, when you turn these soldiers against people. Who decides what a roach is? What what do you think a roach actually is? Well, the explanation in the episode is undesirable uh, DNA or genetics. What does that mean? Well, they say um, any risk of cancer... Uh, Isn't that all muscular of, dystrophy? Carbon-based life yeah. forms are at risk of cancer. Well, they talk about anyone who's genetically high risk, but they also talk about, and this is the bit that might slip under. They talk about all the health reasons to justify, but he also says deviant behaviour. Yes. Now, who decides what's deviant? Yes. I mean, I assumed, and it's in your DNA as well. Well, yeah. Oh, and he says low IQ and criminal behaviour. So I'm yeah. guessing they get rid of anyone uh, with a disability, uh, anyone who they don't deem as intelligent now remember we don't know what they consider intelligent they might just consider uh your political views as saying you had a low iq i mean it's not that long ago that things like homosexuality was in the dsm 5 the psychological uh, profile for what we call mental illness that's bananas you know that's not a mental illness but of course there is argument still where people yeah. are saying that it is and, and papers and things like that so you think they're refugees but also they don't they're not uniform in how they look or how they act or how they see and in fact it's the people in the army who are really diverse certainly in terms of race yeah that's and gender. true it's women in charge all yep. the, the heads of the army 
the heads of the platoon, they're women. Yep. They're, the main character is a black man. Yeah, exactly. So it's Malachi Kirby, mm -hmm. who is British, and mm -hmm. it's been on eight episodes of EastEnders, which is my favourite part. Yeah. <laughs> that was our favourite fact. Yeah, uh, he's, that he's we done were other things, up. certainly. And as the well. bill. And, and casualty. casualty. He's done he's the done, rounds. He's done the whole lot now. I really and, have um, to look up clips now. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> Black Mirror, who knows where, where he'll go, and he's fantastic in that. He's, he's kind of quite sweet compared to the others. He's new. He's a new recruit. He's yeah. never been on a roach hunt before. Yeah. I mean, all the others. So another interesting thing is this. It starts out visually like a typical sort of um, military film like Black Hawk Down or Zero Dark Thirty. Everything's desaturated. There's a lot of banter between the soldiers. It also reminded me of games like Call of Duty um, where or Aliens. Uh, there's the Marines with the banter. They're all talking and saying about how many they're going to kill and how tough they are. Uh, and it just seems like a very generic sort of action hero film at first. I mean, when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh, is, is that all this is going to be? Do you think maybe viewers give up on it? I think some people did turn off yeah. right at that point because, again, it's these American soldiers who are deliberately being brash and talking about what they're going to kill. But it turns out to obviously be so much more than that. Another thing that's interesting is the link to video games. The mass system that's uh, implanted um, in Stripe and the other soldiers uh, gives them a heads-up display or HUD, uh, which we call them video games, which would normally in a game display your health, your map, your objectives, your waypoints, um, and any other useful information. We have that on Chartbeat on the homepage. There you go. So the imagine that on your eyes. That'd be terrifying, wouldn't I'm sure, it? I'm sure some of the editors have that. <laughs> have it implanted. Yeah. So they use this as a tactical tool uh, and it's explained later on uh, and they kind of gloss over some of the less desirable aspects of mass but they talk about it's a tactical tool it helps you aim uh, it keeps your comms uh, so it allows you to talk it obviously is recording things um, and, and they kind of make it sound like a fairly innocuous tool and that it's okay uh, you couldn't desert the army with that implant oh absolutely you? not and you couldn't show any kind of um division you couldn't say oh i don't agree what sarge says because a it's recorded they will know they could even have you know filters or something looking for that kind of um discussion another thing i thought was really disturbing is uh, much later on after they get their kills uh his uh, friend ray raven of yeah. uh, the raven farms which later have raven milk in uss callister so interesting Ray makes a uh, reference after he kills two roaches. That, oh, you're going to sleep well tonight. She starts acting a bit erratically and says, oh, the old girl gets twitchy while grabbing her crotch. Uh, and that is a less, uh, more subtle uh, um, discussion of they are being manipulated. They're aware that they're rewarded for kills sexually. And that's another whole level of sick that they're getting rewarded for their kills and that someone's messing with their heads while they sleep and that they're using sex to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah it's really, really messed up. Because yeah. it doesn't even occur to them, I mean, at least not in the episode, to like sleep with each other or anything. No, it's very sexless, but yeah. a mixed dorm. And it, it made me think of the world of 15 million merits, where everyone walks around in kind of gender-neutral outfits. Mm. And they are in very close quarters, but um, actual connection is very rare. Mm. And it's it's not how you think it would be. It's, it's there's something very sexless about their day to day lives. I wonder again, do they pump hormones into them to make them feel like that during the? I think day? they are chemically manipulated they because it be. says about how um, you know that their senses are messed around with, like they don't have sense of smell or they don't notice certain smells. 
<clears throat> they react certain ways when they you know receive a kill not just the sexual element but they invigorate you know they get you for it it's mentioned yes, like later on exactly yeah. um so they are getting uh weirdly manipulated even passively you know even uh when they're just doing their objectives and stuff it is extremely creepy the mass implant we learn actually the most about mass towards the end of the episode yes. a really great two-hander between stripe and someone who's very uh, senior in terms okay. of played by michael kelly so yeah we find out everything about the mass really kind of towards the end of the episode when there's a great two-hander in a stark white room mm-hmm. again we see stark white rooms in playtest yes um can't think of anywhere else at the moment but that kind of that well that kind, kind of, of neutral weird clinical space yeah. really um antiseptic kind yes, of room yeah yeah so that's they they've got this kind of two hand two hands of play in this room and we have Stripe on the one hand, and then Arquette, who's very senior and has yep. been overseeing Mass. He's played by Michael Kelly, a.k.a. Doug Stamper. You have my permission to just call him Doug Stamper. <laughs> um, so he's Doug Stamper in House of Cards, and famously Doug Stamper in House of Cards keeps um, a young woman hostage for quite a long time and kind of falls in love with her. And a weird... He plays sinister people in a lot of things. I've seen him in yeah. other things, and he... But he has such a kind of plays nice demeanour. Like, yeah, he seems gentle. fatherly. Yeah. Especially towards Stripe. At first, he yes. seems very fatherly. He's like, oh, we're going to give you something to help you sleep. Yes. A government-approved sex dream. Um, and is is kind of talking that to him nicely. That um, That was going to be my subtitle yeah. for this episode. I think that there's, there's is a very smart move to introduce someone so recognisable mm. as him into this, into this role. And it's a slow boil as well, because, again, he appears fatherly at first, but later on, when that is uh, kind of reversed, he doesn't even blame Stripe once he knows his mass device isn't working. He's so completely in control, Arquette. But he entirely believes the crazy uh, dehumanising that they do, the, the roaches. He, he even says, you're protecting the bloodline. That is some proper Third Reich kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, saying... That, um, he says it's an honour. You know, he entirely... The really scary thing about him is he entirely believes um, in the uh, sterilisation of these people. And by sterilisation, I mean, um, you know, wiping out. You know, so he says that they will have children and they'll procreate as well. Yeah, yeah. Because that's another thing that should have been a warning to the others, you know, that these uh, roaches are born. They're not created. Because when you first start watching the episode, it looks very much like a generic Walking Dead or Left 4 Dead kind of zombie Zombies, monster yeah. or vampire or yeah. Um, yeah or I Am Legend kind of monsters that come at you but there's kind of clues uh, here and there the way they kind of huddle together the way they do have some form of technology not just the device but they have weapons they know how to use them they're not just unthinking animals which is what of course uh, Stripe is led to be believe they androids like a Blade Runner yeah, yeah. but they're, they're kind of to make them kind of animals obviously helps um, Stripe and the others kind of shoot them and, and like I said, dehumanise, which is a not, common not just shoot. Actually, Stripe very bloodily stabs someone to death yeah. while on top of him. And, and enjoys it. Does? Yeah, he does. He seems nervous at first, but once he does it... Isn't he defending himself because he could have been killed? Uh, well, yeah, maybe in the initial attack, but after he's killed uh, the roach, he then repeatedly stabs... And when he's describing it later on to Arquette, he says, you know, well, Arquette says, did you feel euphoria? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Euphoria doesn't always mean you enjoyed it. It's, I, I think it's after the adrenaline has gone and you survive. That's mm-hmm. how I read him. 
him. Oh, I read it as another form the, the mass was manipulating. Which mass was pumping. kind of broken, wasn't it? By... It was a slow break, though. It didn't break instantly. No. So, so I mean, yeah, he... I don't think he got the full hit of endorphins or what he was supposed to get. Because for a while, even in his dreams later on, you know, he gets some of the experiences, but things start to not work. He doesn't get the full hit. I think that's the, the start of it. Yeah, so some, someone has a device, one of the roaches has a device that they yes. shine in his eyes, and that starts to mess with his mass. Yeah. It's very hard to say. <laughs> so his mass starts malfunctioning. Yes. And, and I think it does from from that moment onwards. Slow burn, but it is Yeah, because for apart. a while his heads-up display is still working. <laughs> yep, uh, and he's talking uh, to the doctor about it, and uh, even his commanding officer kind of talks to him about it. They notice it quite quickly that he's not reacting I mean he's quite an interesting character because you can't say he's blameless but he has a little bit of thought and a little bit of empathy before he goes in you know he's also the only soldier seen stabbing someone to death and in a week when we've had yet another school shooting in the US and sadly they happen so often that I can say in a week we've had another one yeah one thing about shooting I can imagine is it's you can be quite far away there's a distance from you and your yeah yeah, yeah. you, you don't get blood on yourself and things like that but actually he's on top of this well the act of stabbing boy, is so violent and visceral and blood everywhere yeah. and there's the sound yep this, oh the, the he, sort of squelch and he, stuff none of his they colleague... play it back harder later on as yes, well when he rewatches it so yes. at first it's again very action film yes. or video game like in yes. the fact that yes there's violence yes there's blood but it's played out almost as a, yeah. a kind of glorious kind of thing whereas later on you hear the thuds of the knife hitting yes. you, you see more blood the colors are enhanced and of course you're you're inferring from the dialogue that he can smell everything he can sense the fear you know he knows what's going on so i think already his mass isn't working quite well because he has already been yeah he does react kind of weirdly doesn't he none of his colleagues have had to go to face-to-face combat in close quarters Maybe there's limits on what mass can do. Yeah. You know, for shooting long distance or doing things like that, it's fine with. But when you have to really get up and close, maybe it struggles because it is such a traumatic thing. Maybe that's not what people do Mm? as well. Maybe that's not what the soldiers are meant to do. Mm. Maybe you let them go that time. Plus, another thing I thought was interesting is they talk about when they see the village, the villagers talk about, oh, the food stores have been raided. We have to burn it now for fear of infection. Yeah. So they're that afraid and that xenophobic and that, you know, it's the propaganda, other. propaganda, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Stripe gets blood in his mouth, on his face. Yeah. Because when I f- on my first watch through, I thought, it's a zombie thing. He's infected. He's now going to turn because yes. he starts acting strangely. But, of course, you don't know why. You know, his mask doesn't start working, but you just assume that the tech... You don't think that, obviously, the tech has the horrible connotations it does. Yeah. So you're like, oh, something's going on. Oh, and he's sweating a lot. Oh, he's got blood on his mouth. You know, oh, he's infected. But that's not yes. where it goes. Yeah, like a virus. He's, there's some sort of virus that turns you into into something. And that's the way that, that could go. Another interesting thing uh, is the village itself. So, A, they're speaking German. Or at least I think it's German. It's Danish. Oh, is it Danish? Yeah, I thought it was German. Ah, okay. Well, they're speaking a... I thought it was Dutch. Oh, well, could it's, be. It says Danish in the subtitles. <laughs> Tweet us and let us know. <laughs> um, but they're speaking uh, basically a European language, which is weird. And they are clearly so much more advanced than the villagers. Now, the um, soldiers have, well, semi-futuristic, near-futuristic tech. Yes. Um, their guns are humongous. They've got body armor with uh, digital camo on it and things like that. Decent tech. The village looks absolutely medieval. Yes. Except for some of the clothes. They're living in wooden huts. It looks 
very medieval. It's so weird. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about, um, a sort of theory I had, which unfortunately isn't true, but I kind of like the idea, is that that's another manipulation of the mass device. It's not because when it's turned off later, you see a bunch of things. But the idea that actually, what if, hypothetically, the roaches, the villagers and the soldiers all have the same level of tech? They've all got the same kind of, let's say it's post-apocalyptic. So there's not that much in the way of weapons. Not everything's all clean and matching perfectly. What if the mass is telling them like, oh, we've got all the tech. We're super clean looking. These villagers who look exactly the same as you actually look like peasants and villagers from medieval times. And the undesirables are monsters. Whereas in reality, they're all three indistinguishable groups of people that look the same. I just thought that was interesting. It's disproven, unfortunately, but I liked the idea. Yeah. So something has happened in the world, maybe some kind of nuclear disaster, maybe people are fleeing that. They they do make reference to a war and then, of course, they make reference to registers and cleansing. One of his colleagues in the Humvee uh, mentions um, it took us two years to kill millions yeah. uh, of roaches. So, again, that's sort of uh, ethnic cleansing. What do we think of the the little part of the episode where strike is looked after by one of the roaches and then he starts to see them oh it's so sad yeah it's a really sweet so he protects sad. them uh initially not because he knows anything's wrong he sees them as civilians and he's been conditioned to go if you see something that looks normal that's fine you're a soldier you're there to protect you protect them so the mass has stopped working for yes him. so the veil's been lifted for him and for the audience yes so we and yes you suddenly see things as ray still killing uh, roaches you start seeing them fall to the floor as human and that's but, really important ray's not reacting the audience because we see it's a different kind of story yeah. now. suddenly you start understanding ah here's the theme here's what's going on in, in this episode you've mentioned we both mentioned propaganda before and mm. this is exactly what propaganda does is mm. dehumanize make it make human beings into rats and carrying plague and well there's kind lots of, of historical examples yes um, of, posters yeah and what it's done is is make people swallow those posters whole and see those posters as filters as instagram filters on their eyes yeah. i mean it's the opposite of instagram and then this all falls away and the audience should have a collective gasp and say we've been seeing the wrong thing the whole time yeah. maybe for a lot of viewers they're like this was obvious or they yeah. don't like they don't like the veil being lifted and that's why it's not one of them. Or maybe they saw it as too much as of a ham-fisted metaphor like oh yes we get it you know racism and holocaust really are bad I, I thought it was great because it it's still relevant we are still doing things like this in the it world it shows how arbitrary the designation of undesirable is because the army is yes. very diverse. Yeah. They're men and women and they, all colours. Plus they're deciding what the undesirables are, you know. Yeah, a system is deciding. What what is it? They they look just they could be in the army, the army could be them. And I think once you start realising it's a bit like that phrase, but by the grace of God there walk high. Mm. It's it's a bit like sometimes the way people talk about homelessness as well. Yes. As though someone who's homeless is of completely different species and they didn't work hard enough. Yeah. And we've all And dehumanizing. Heard. Yeah, and, and anti homeless architecture, which oh, God. My earlier co host Ryan Brown on this podcast has been yeah, tweeting a lot about that and how awful it is putting spikes on safe places where people are sleeping and putting ha- like handles in the middle of benches God. when people are sleeping and it just it seems is it beyond words no empathy cool. which yeah. is links it back to this episode because yeah. that's essentially what the soldiers have um mm. although you know it's not their fault really they've got an implant telling them we don't have implants Archangel, um sarah had 
huge emotional development problems yeah. and they thought she felt some she acted like she was on the autism spectrum but she yeah. shouldn't have had that condition it was the archangel shielding her from bad things yeah and in a way this this is shielding them from bad things yeah because the bad things are and it's turning them into sociopaths yeah you are killing other human beings yeah. whatever reason there might be that is what you're doing and when when doug stamper <laughs> michael <laughs> kelly okay shows stripe the reality of what he's been doing takes yeah. the filter away it always oh. drives him insane. He begs to have the filters put back on. Yeah. In a weird inversion of Archangel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah, he chooses to live with the lie rather than the truth of what he's done because he has to confront it pretty head on, what he's done. Another interesting thing is um, the use of drones in this episode. And I'm not talking about the drones that fly around and do the scouting with the uh, eye uh, special effect um i'm talking about the soldiers themselves become living drones they've got their feelings shut off they've got everything shut off they're pointed in a direction they're programmed to kill on command and they do uh, it's only when one of them sort of malfunctions uh is is when we kind of start well he starts to question they it kill millions they're like drones how are they different to the bees from hated in the nation yeah, I suppose. yeah exactly uh they've just become sort of machines for the army or whatever government that is controlling They've them. become the tech almost. The tech is really mm. taking them over. Well, it's, it's so seamlessly integrated with them. And, you know, it's removed their empathy, which is the thing that makes us human. Yeah. Taking that empathy away allows you to do horrible things like commit a genocide or kill innocent civilians or, you know, kill and not feel. Because they they show kind of these negative emotions of violence, aggression, which are being pumped up. The really interesting thing is what happens when they go back home, because he says, oh, with mass, thankfully people go home, they don't have PTSD. Um, but what does happen to them? You know, they've they've been programmed. So now that they're not receiving orders, let's say they go home and the mass is switched off, which I don't think it is because the end of the episode is still running. Yes. But um, when, they, when they turn it off, how do these people deal with suddenly full sensory of everything that's going on and without clear definition of who is my enemy. I mean, even soldiers now have that problem. Yes, that is PTSD. So mm. I don't see how their lives can be anything except involving PTSD. And I think of the film Hurt, The Hurt Locker. Yes, very much, yeah. It seems like you, I don't think you can prevent somebody to come back from a war who has seen active service. Well, and they become adrenaline junkies as well. And these yeah. people are chemically manipulated. Yes. These soldiers will become adrenaline junkies and... Yes. They're going to build all kinds of weird, unhealthy associations with sex and violence because they're rewarded for kills with sexual gratification. People like Liam in the entire history of you. I'm yeah. not saying he was in a war, but overly aggressive. But they're being programmed into being sociopaths. Yeah, which... See, seeing danger around every corner mm. in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really, really, really fascinating. And we don't get a sense that there's aftercare at all because no, the Strap goes to an empty house, an abandoned empty house. He goes to a house, and of course the um, the mass is still on. His filters are still on. You see the girl from his fantasies. Was she ever real? Probably not. No, I don't. Um, so. so what's going to happen? You know, like the episode ends nice and ambiguously, which is a great way to end in a Black Mirror episode. But I think it makes them sitting ducks for people who could prey on them. Yeah, I well. I kind of figured that. I thought the next scene, obviously, if it cuts to black, but I thought the mass was going to switch off and he was going to fall down dead. I thought that's what was next. I agree with you. There's something so dead behind the eyes. Yeah. The and he's crying. And, and there are yeah. two ways to interpret that. One way is, oh, he's seeing everything he wanted. And, you know, he's come yeah. home and that girl he's dreamt about is real and she's there waiting for him. Oh, tears, glory. Or maybe he's clicked. Like, that girl was in my dreams. How is she real? 
maybe nothing is real or maybe he remembers something you know a period of time has gone past you don't know how much so maybe he suspects or knows that none of this is real and that it's a lie and if his mask can malfunction that means anyone's can or things it will miss and yeah they're not insulated against the after effects of war in the way that they are promised they're promised you'll be fine well no we've just we've just seen where it's malfunctioned and any piece of tech can malfunction and it's stuck in that person's brain and it can't be taken out because their life will be overrun with horrifying memories so fine you have to keep it in but it's still not doing the job of protecting him from the memories and he's not equipped for life they leave him in his uniform on yeah. the side of the road looking at his abandoned at home where's house. his family yeah well it's, yeah there's no people around all the other yeah. even the car driving along the road there's not a lot around there's no signs of life really so yeah. it really does make you think it's kind of post-apocalyptic kind of yeah world and, and even without still better than that village though even without an implant people find it very hard to go from the discipline of the army mm. and having meal times and having um having your bed made and that's just with way. the level of control we have now so yeah, yeah having the mass device there's literally waypoint you know that you have it in video games you know the the briefing room is that way follow this arrow yeah. go talk to this person yeah. follow that arrow go here you know imagine what it's like if you're that controlled down to that level and then suddenly having no feed out information i can't imagine they let you use it in your civilian life and actually he mentions no family at any point whereas raymond for instance mm. mentions that she's from a farming she family is so it real she... or is it an implanted memory that's a thing well, raymond brand milk turns up in uss callister so who knows, uh, who knows? could just be a coinky dink it could be i doubt it though. i like to think it's all part of one world oh really yeah definitely <laughs> cool well, it's more fun that way but um we never hear stripe mention parents no no yeah. even when you see the flashback to him uh being recruited or yes. well, choosing to have the mass device yes. inserted i think that's another thing that's very interesting because when he sees the video of himself um pre mass device he's very different I mean, yes he is. he's very sort of urbanized yes. and ghettoized swagger yeah he's bit, but like... he's completely different to the character we've been empathizing with and yes. get to know even when he at the start of the episode, when you first meet him, he doesn't talk or act like that. He yes. acts in a very, I don't know, uh, sort of standard it, way. He's like a different person. Yes. And they do yeah. mention having memories wiped. And yeah, he doesn't mention family. Yeah. So, but then Raymond still has the memories of her family. So Again, but they could be implanted to give her something to fight for. You know, they could, because it just so happens, oh, I'm a, I'm a hunter, you know, and these skills came in handy. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We We don't know but they've made him a quieter calmer mm. more easily more malleable version of, yeah. the, of the young man we see on that screen yeah I and mean, that's part of his disbelief and part of it's his like revulsion yeah it's like seeing very much that someone who's medicated because when he sees himself in that video he obviously is freaked out by well that's that's not me he doesn't even look or act like me but it is him yeah it's him given one thing i found really interesting and it could be i just find it interesting it's not necessarily a plot hole but Arquette says to him, um, you know, we can take this all away. We can restart your mass device. Yes. And when they recruit him, both times he has to give consent. Yes. Isn't that weird for a company that down to the letter controls the people? So they can manipulate in any which way. They can yes. say he gave consent because they're wiping the memory anyway. It's very interesting that their idea of maybe their idea of what's good is you said yes. Therefore, do you it's know okay. why they do that? 
Because it's not for his benefit at all. It's for the European Court of Human Rights, or it's yeah. for the UN, or, or whoever because it's their recorded. superiors are. And as we, we were talking about the entire history of you just before now, you can take the memory away from the person mm. and and show the recording. Yeah, it's it's for the future court martialing and or human rights court case. Well, it's to cover them, basically, yes. isn't it? Just to say it is not for his benefit. He is human collateral. Yeah, really, obviously so. Well, they can say we turned you into a human drone. But here's you saying you wanted it. Yeah, they can do. But I, I don't think it's for him. Because, so, again, you know, he... Whatever happens to him, mm. he probably won't be in a position to fight for his own rights. The person we see at the very end of this episode is a shadow yeah. of the person we see consenting. So even if there's a legal retribution, which I think there probably is at some point in the future, you mm. can't do this to people, his life and his potential will still go unfulfilled and that's the tragedy for Stripe and for other young men and women like him mm. um, no matter what and there, there must be a huge class action lawsuit at some point well, there were lots of cases of uh, PTSD and abuse and, and how uh, armies all around the world you know, don't necessarily give their soldiers any kind of aftercare they break them down, turn them into you know, the machines of killing and going into war is not something that yeah. any human being can really work into their psyche and become a normal person living an everyday life. I, I can't. They even say that in the episode. Yes, it says, it's and it's a it's a true statistic about World War One and Two. You know, a lot of the shots were deliberately you would fire in the direction of your enemy. Yes, yeah. You know, above and you miss. Now this is true. This Human beings don't want to kill each other. Yeah, and, and I love that. That a lot of this episode is about empathy and what happens mm. when you take it away. It says, on the whole, the human race is very empathetic, and that's a good thing. However. It doesn't make good soldiers. What does make good soldiers are sociopaths without empathy. So that's what they do. Some Somewhere else they've been talking about human beings that want to torture each other is The Good Place. Mm. I don't know if you've been watching that. No, no. But um, they have this sort of plan. Um, the spoilers for The Good Place here, but I've done this before in podcasts. So I see loads <laughs> and loads of cross-references between them. But um, basically it comes up as a plot point that human beings don't want to torture each other they actually end yeah. up always befriending each other and so they've had to go to such lengths to other the people they don't want yeah. to continue living for yeah. whatever reason that is i'm thinking they're refugees and and so they have to change what people see to stop them empathizing but stripes implant malfunctions and so he he does empathize mm. And he does see what's real. It's interesting because they talk about before the device all goes wrong, they're talking about um, why would anyone help the roaches? Because they, they, they go like to it's... that guy's house, Pan Hardiker, yeah. Heidegger or something. Yeah. And they're talking about, you know, who would be stupid enough? Why would anyone do it? More proof that they just see these people as animals. In fact, they even talk about later on, it's a mutation. It's in your blood. But it's not a virus, it's just their normal genetics. It's, it's so fascinating. Well, people have been othering groups of people. Since, since the beginning. Yeah, I think. Since more than one person existed. Things that people say in this episode, if they're part of the army and have the mass in their heads, they know they're being recorded. We don't know if they believe everything they're saying. We don't know if Arquette does believe it all. But we know he's being recorded and not for his own benefit. Well, you don't know. You don't know you don't it. Know. No, you don't know his thoughts. And same with the soldiers. Imagine but... if everything in your life had this microphone and also a camera involved. True. Well, it's like uh, reality stars. They you often say yourself. that, you know, 
the way they're edited is to look a certain way you can be made to look a villain through editing or a hero or adult and and that's important for them in terms of their livelihood of trying to become Mm. a star but imagine that in court Mm. being edited being shown a particular version of who you are in court again the entire history of you Liam is a lawyer Mm. and so probably does this quite a lot you can edit someone with a story you tell about them or with a story you show about them Mm. and Arquette's entire life must depend on keeping his position in the army he knows all these secrets yeah he does he's not getting out there alive well we do yeah we do get the idea that he must be high up because when you know Stripe is telling him you know it's not real it's all a lie you know he goes yeah well he doesn't say yes it's a lie he just goes he knows what what he's seeing he knows yes. that the mass device he yes. knows what it does you don't have to believe the propaganda not not all the Nazis necessarily said in the Nuremberg trials or whenever I, I completely believed what but they, they were complicit yeah. was I followed orders yeah that's true so maybe I kept following orders I get the feeling that he, he he believes it because of the amount of suffering he puts on strike uh, you know and, and how he really pushes his sort of philosophy on him I think that's definitely an indication of what he thinks and feels and he does seem to have a genuine disgust for the roaches you know mm. it's hard to does he have some form of mass you don't know an early version. that's a very yeah that's a very know. good point you don't know because there's conditioning as well they talk about yeah he could be yeah. being manipulated or it could be as simple as generations of growing up being told these people are the enemy you know um, they've so got the a sickness like, again yeah. to do with his belief he, he says you know it's it's not their fault they were born with this sickness yeah. but we have to do it and that's yeah. unfortunately how the Nazis felt in World War 2 you know it's not, how genocides begin <clears throat> yeah not all of them hated the Jews or anyone else some of them were like yeah but we have to do it it's an unfortunate duty we have to fulfil which is terrifying. That's why I think he's such a memorable and powerful character in this, as, as opposed to just a, uh, you know, boo hiss villain. I'm evil for the no, sake of it. No, he's not that. He, or, he's capable of sympathy, yeah. at the very least. And he understands what's being done and he what he's doing destroyed. to the soldiers and what he's doing to the roaches. You know, yes. I think he has a really big scope of, of what he's doing, what his part in it is. and the world as a whole and mm. that's why he's terrifying because he justifies it so easily mm. but also it might be his job to do that and what do we think of the name of the implant mass only when human beings work as a mass yeah and was, you have something like a, a horrifying genocide i was thinking of you know mass of Unthinking people mass. Yeah, yeah yeah or mob basically yeah. that's what it and they get hated in the nation people act as a mob online with the hashtag death too mm. so people can wish death jokingly on twitter but actually when those deaths occur it is because of those people and in the end everyone who used the hashtag death to goes to their death mm-hmm. as a result thanks to the drones which in that case are bees just so many more connections I see yeah. I spend more time in this windowless cupboard talking, talking about, about Black Mirror <laughs> so thanks to James Ide for joining me in the tiny windowless cupboard and talking about Men Against Fire if you have any thoughts on the episode or any of the other Black Mirror Cracked podcast episodes please do tweet us at Black Mirror, that's three R's at the end, or at Sir Tragica C to get me. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, recommend to a friend, um, leave the roaches alone, and, uh, and go about your merry way. Goodbye!